What do I want? It's a question that everyone eventually has to ask themselves. The key motivator for every action taken. The cause behind every effect. So, what do I want? I want to go to a sporting event in every major venue. I want to grow within my relationships with my friends and my family. I want the freedom to create without the fear of failure. I want to dream without being hindered by reality. I want to chase new passions, new experiences, and new goals. I want old milk to branch out of the box and try new things. I'm accomplishing some of these goals right now, and I know what I need to do to achieve the rest of them. However, the one thing you should take away from this commercial is, I want you to buy old milk merch. This is episode 326. Um, so much has gone on. It's it's crazy how, um, first of all, just the overall climate of what's going on and how everything just seems to be, it's just, it's just a weird time to be alive right now. And I feel like last week that was magnified by the unfortunate passing of Takeoff from the Migos. I think that... Um, he's been a staple like even growing up in high school listening to Hannah Montana listening to the song Hannah Montana like listening to Versace listening to Handsome and Wealthy Fight Night like it was so clear that Takeoff was one of I mean he's one third of the best rap group that we've in our lifetimes that we've seen so a loss like this in general understanding how important he was not only for the Migos, but because how because of how influential the Migos were, ultimately how important he was for hip hop. It's really sad. One, the way that he went out, I believe he was 28 years old. Um, and it's just sad in general, seeing the amount of black entertainers who aren't able to live to see 40. Yeah. And I mean, for rap, for hip hop specifically, it's just so it's like de it's devastating um, for the art, for the genre, for the people involved, for families, for the Migos, for, you know, Quavo, for Offset. It's it's devastating. And it because of how visible Takeoff has been, it's like been a what, over a decade? Yeah. Since, you know, like over a decade of of an artist that we got um and that comes complete with like childhood photos of him and Quavo you know what I mean that comes with watching and listening to someone like grow up via the music and it's not you can't there's no comparison of any of these type of events but it's when like someone as big as takeoff especially with the Migos splitting recently and it feels like because regardless of takeoff status is the best rapper in the Migos like I think it's fair to say he was number three in terms of just how things go like Quavo's a front man Offset is the most well-rounded and it's it's like 
it's kind of similar to I don't know what it's similar to, but I think I think this like he was the youngest. I think it just he a was. lot of stuff puts him where you know what I mean. It's not like an actual ranking system, but it's like you know what I mean. Like it's just kind of how it goes. And with the recent split, it's a whole different thing. And we got to see obviously he released his solo project in in eighteen, but like we we got to see a different chemistry just a couple of weeks ago. Like a couple of weeks ago, me and you were on here talking about like. All right, like it was, you know, good raps and we liked Amigos album enough, but it's like it, it felt a little bit of the same stuff. And now knowing like that same stuff isn't going to be there anymore is like that's where it starts to feel not real. That's where it starts to feel like, all right, like this is way, way bigger than just like some something that is in the news and gone in a couple of days. And it is it's like this is real, real life stuff. So it's just it's devastating. It's sad. And like you said, in the midst of all the stuff that's been going on recently in music and sports and the world and politics and everything, it's just like another, another devastating loss. Yeah, I, I think that it's definitely something that it's it's just so unfortunate how the Migo story ends like the full group of the three end. and even taking away from that um stepping outside of music just to talk about how Quavo lost his nephew offset I believe that they are cousins offset lost his cousin obviously his mom like his close immediate family lost a brother a son etc cetera, etc cetera. it's just also just understanding how much effort takeoff put in to keeping himself low key and keeping himself really out of, um, at least compared to Quavo and compared to Offset, like keeping himself out of like the public eye, if you will. Um, it's just so unfortunate. Um, rest in peace, takeoff, man. I'm going to be listening to The Last Rocket tonight because one, it's really good in the first place. Like it's one of the best albums of that year the year that it came out i want to say 2018 but two just to pay homage to one of the best rappers that we've seen in our lifetimes so rest in peace takeoff um but on some i guess slightly lighter news the houston astros are the world series champions so over under how many months before they're outed for cheating i got four i got four i got four months (laughs) okay Okay, you're just on to next season. They got like three World Series losses in here. Like, I don't, like, whatever. People, like, come from someone who rooted for for the Patriots my whole life. Like, that middle period where they were losing and even, even like, losing to the Eagles in, in 2018 or 17 or whatever it was, like, people talking crazy. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to hear it. The Astros were the gutter of the MLB. Like, yeah, if you want to be the worst team in the league for 10 whole years just to get, like, sure, that's fine. Like, well-earned. I really like Pena. Like, I, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. ALCS. This team is way easier to root for than, like, in 17 or 18 when the Red Sox played them. Or, you know what I mean? Like, this team, like, Jordan Alvarez, like, how are you going to root against? You know what I mean? And it's not like, like, Verlander's still there, but it's not, it's not the same rotation. So, I'm not happy about it. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's like pretty much with football and basketball, I'll stay engaged the whole time. But once the Red Sox are out, that's where I'm like, I end up. 
not I mean, checking out. Like I, I'm watching the game still, but like in terms of actually like feeling something, I don't have anything. I mean, if it's the Astros and the Phillies, I'm whoever loses, I'm leaving with something. So I'm just glad the Phillies aren't world champions. Like either way, I would have been glad that the loser didn't win. So yeah, I'm leaving here with something. So <laughs> that's all I got. But hey. also, um, before we actually get into our podcast, shout out to Justin Fields, the best quarterback um from the 2021 NFL draft. I think that's pretty much determined at this point. 178 Honestly, yards like on the is, ground, it's three crazy. touchdowns. You got, you got three weeks of good quarterback play, and you're talking crazy. They actually get no, this no, no. Is what, this is what a franchise led by Rex Grossman does to people. Oh, no, that's that's for sure. That's for Rex sure true. Grossman, but... <laughs> Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton, Jay Cutler, Andy Dalton. You know, this yeah. is this Mr. Trubisky. Is... Don't forget. Don't forget. Mr. Oh, Trubisky. yeah. Sorry. Don't Mitchell. forget. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what this is what they did to you. Yeah. Where three weeks feels like the mountaintop. And, hey, and I'm happy. And I'm happy for you. I, no, 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 I'm I'm happy for you. I'm I'm happy for you. We can leave it there. I'm, no, 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 no. Like. I'm just saying he broke the the rushing record for all quarterbacks and he's I think he's like one of four players to ever throw three touchdowns and rush for 140 yards in a game. They should have won the game. They got robbed by the way, but that's, that's a different great. story. Catch a playoff game. That's all I like that's all oh, I soon. Need. Soon, next year. Okay. We're we're hey. we have we have picks, we have picks and we have a lot of money and we're going to sign a lot of players. Picks, that various had picks and money and next year quote nah, not 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 money. We ain't have like this much money. Like we traded yeah. away Roquan, we traded away someone else. Like we I think we're going to have like 100 million dollars in cap room. It's going to be amazing. But anyway, this has been the cap pod. This is the cap podcast. This is episode 326. That is Taylor this McLeod. Has been it. <laughs> i am nate sperlin um thank you for watching on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, amazon music stitcher and more do us a favor hit the like button and subscribe to the channel follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at old milk media check out the old milk spence plays on spotify and youtube and check out all the old milk content on oldmilk.co that being said taylor how are you doing today it's a it's an interesting time for music especially because like a, a Drake release used to last at least like a week. You know what I mean? You'd be on it for a week. Even honestly, never mind. People were on that for a week. And it feels like all discourse about her loss is already over. We're talking on Monday. So we've been had the album for three days now. And it's like, it seems gone, which is fine. You know what I mean? Like I almost, I almost look forward to that time now because it's like, all right, do I like this or am I caught up in something? And it gives you more time to come out of it. And obviously like, it's it's projected to do big numbers and all that, but I don't know. I like obviously you asked me how I was, but all mm. that's been on my mind for the last three days is it's just this album and seeing how it works inside the context of. I mean, it's your I mean it's your duty as a Drake fan for all the for this to completely take I'm up saying. your mind space. Like you're you're just doing your job, honestly. Hey. Good good job, man. Like, you know, you, you had a task, you had a goal, and you just followed through on it. And, you know, I just I just couldn't be more proud of you, man. You, you're really Thank doing you. the thing. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, also to add on to why it's a weird time for music, the ghosts of Mariah Carey are starting to starting to hear them a little bit. So it's true. Just just be on the way, be on the lookout but for that. But that being music, said, Christmas music not going to hit the same 70 degrees. <laughs> I gotta have some snow. I haven't seen any snow yet. And it's 70 degrees outside. I might hoop after this, but regardless, this is the episode where we're talking about Drake and 21 Savage. We're talking about her loss, 16 tracks, 
one hour long featuring Travis Scott. There are some ad-libs from Lil Yachty, and there's also some interludes from Young Nudie and Birdman on this. Um, join the conversation in the comments below as we talk about this. So that being said, Taylor, what were your first initial thoughts on her loss? This is a really, coming from a place of someone who's listening like all Drake's music forever, like that's, you know, been my most listened to artist of my life and it's not, it's not really close. Going into this project, knowing the title, it's like kind of conflicting. It's like, all right, we're still on, this is the third project in a row now that's like, like scorned Drake, like hurt Drake, like rejected Drake. And when I first heard about the project with 21 Savage, I was hoping for paranoid Drake, like mob Drake, like scary Drake. And we get, we get some of that, you know, in here, but it's a really conflicting project because like the toxic, toxic Drake is not my favorite. Toxic Drake is not my, like my favorite Drake. And that's what most of this is. I think that I think that a lot of people agree that this is Drake's best rapping album in quite some time. Like honestly, never mind wasn't a rap album. Certified Lover Boy Certified Lover Boy felt more like more like fan service than anything. Dark Lane demo tapes have some good raps on it. And then Scorpion is 25 tracks along. So you're gonna like find some stuff in there. But since since if you're reading this, this is probably his best rap performance outside of outside of some like loose singles and outside of some features, but it's just a really conflicting record because the first time and I texted you this the first time through, I texted you. I was like, no skips. And I don't know if there are any skips in this. Like you can play this album from front to back. And I don't think you're going to be disappointed at any point. I think it's a Drake and 21 Savage album, definitely heavier Drake project than 21 project, but it's conflicting because some of the, some of the choices made on this album just like feel unnecessary and feel corny and they feel forced when it just didn't need to happen like that like he's so good at he's so good at bragging about stuff that like no offense to me and you but like we're never gonna like it might not happen for us you know what I mean like we might not go from the back room at the Vava over there and then back to the Vava and you know like if you know you know I don't know you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. like that stuff is what makes Drake Drake to me that kind of stuff the brags about like the stuff that like whatever but when it starts to get into like the super toxic, super like, like scorned, rejected, hurt, like Drake used to be like get made fun of crazy for like singing to the women. And now like all of his music is just like, like fuck all of these women. Like, I don't want to talk like, you know what I mean? It's like very, it's just very like adversarial towards women when like his music used to get like destroyed for being too like geared that way and now it's very much like a there there's like a strange like aggression and anger in a lot of it that it's just it's just interesting and it leaves you conflicted after a project like this yeah um i feel like on knife talk and jimmy cooks we got a lot of drake trying to step into 21 savages lane and because of that i was really excited for this project because i thought we just get more of I thought that I would be able to count this project as like, oh, this is 21 Savages project for the first time in two years. Cool. This is not a 21 Savage project. This is a Drake project with just 21 Savage features. Um, I, I just give me give me a second real quick. I just want to let me digress a little. So in 
1984, Wendy's rolled out a commercial where they were talking about the ratio between hamburger patty to hamburger bun of their competitors. And the punchline of it was, where's the beef? And throughout this whole tape, I found myself asking, where's the 21 Savage? Like there are select verses here and there. I, aside from two tracks, there are absolutely no hooks from 21 Savage at all. Um, additionally, I think that 21 Savage has shown the ability to make tracks like this by himself. Like there are tracks like Ocean Drive, um, Mr. Right Now, uh, Rip Love, et cetera, et cetera, where he kind of addresses these things, Ball Without You. Out you. He kind of addresses these things from the hurt male perspective. And he just wasn't allowed to carry at all. He wasn't allowed to cook. He wasn't allowed to really show how talented of an artist he is. Now, we understand that 21 Savage, amongst hip hop fans, we understand that 21 Savage is at worst a top 10 rapper, at worst. But because Drake has so many other fans um, in different genres, it really would have been nice for Drake to kind of expose 21 Savage to those other fans who maybe don't listen to as much hip hop as everyone else does or as people do. So that was kind of disappointing. Um, just overall, just Drake needs to come off the ball, man. Like we're, we're watching the Lakers right now and we're watching what happens when Russell Westbrook has the ball and how that unit performs better with Russ on the ball versus LeBron on the ball, et cetera, et cetera. And I just feel like it's the correlation or the, that's an analogy for what's happening here where, yeah, Drake is um, one of the most versatile artists we've ever seen the same way that LeBron is one of the most versatile players we've ever seen. One of the best players we've ever seen, one of the best rappers we've ever seen in Drake. However, if it's all about showcasing you in this scenario, cool, that works to an extent, but at the same time, I think that it would, in both situations, it would be better served if the more versatile people, the most versatile entertainers um, took a step back and allowed themselves to be the glue for everything else that's going on rather than the main story. Um, but overall, Aside from that, aside from the fact that this is not a 21 Savage album and I still want a 21 Savage album, so you're still on the clock, this doesn't count. And even if you drop five verses on the Metro project that's coming up in next year, next month, excuse me, still not gonna be enough to fulfill my hunger for 21 Savage music. Despite all that, overall, if, we're, if, we, if we put that to the side and we just understand that this is a Drake album with 21 Savage features, this is the best Drake album that he's released in years. All the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. Um, one of the main issues that I had with Certified Loverboy was the fact that it just looked like it was rushed and half-baked. I feel like with this one, Drake really took his time with it or he took more time than we're accustomed to seeing him take, which is ironic because the turnaround for this album, he dropped Honestly Nevermind in June, right? So uh, yeah, so June the turnaround- one of the two. Yeah, so the turnaround from Honestly Nevermind to this is way shorter than the turnaround from Certified Lover Boy to Dark Lane demo tapes, um, or even Scorpion, because Dark Lane demo tapes really came out as to be filler, at least that's my perspective from it. So one, I like how Drake finally picked a cover art that looks how the music sounds. I feel like he was struggling with that a little bit. That's an underrated part of artistry, at least um, for people who still care about that type of stuff. I'm definitely one of those people. Um, and I can't really 
when was the last time that we saw an album where Drake clearly cared about rapping and executed it? Like Certified Lover Boy, you could point to and be like, that's in like Champagne Poetry and all the other ones. Like that's an album that Drake wanted to rap and show that he could rap. He didn't really execute it as well as I thought that he should have. But this one, I think that he executes it well. And it really brings me back to early 2010s Drake while the content may not be the same. Like early 2010s Drake was more so like, I love you. Why won't you give me a chance? And now it's just like, all right, well, fuck you. I don't, whatever it is. Um, Although that content is different, the characteristics of the music is still the same where it comes to the rapping and the way that he mixes in the singing with the rapping. I love that as well. I just think my one question about this album is how much playback value it has. And I think that that will be reflected um, one by the point that you made Taylor um, saying that it's been the weekend we've had this for three days and it seems like the discourse over this album has already died down into the second week numbers because the first week numbers are going to be huge or whatever, but depending on how big the drop is, I think that will be very telling to how much playback value her loss has. Yeah. And there's so much to talk about with a project like this. And especially coming from a rapper like Drake, where there's so much outside of the music happening too, in terms of like the business of everything. And you can put him on a similar level to like the Adele's, the Taylor Swift's where it's like, all right, this is a case study in how, streams work how you know what i mean like how the modern music industry works because obviously he he's projected to do big they're projected to do big first week numbers but like you said we'll see how the second week goes we'll see how things carry out from here and in terms of his focus on rapping on this project i think it's the best since if you're reading this it's too late i think that he had something to prove coming off coming off honestly never mind not that not the, re- the reception of Honestly Nevermind affected any of this album, because I don't think it did. I think this was very clearly from the presence of Jimmy Cooks, this was already in the works. Like, this was happening. And it it does feel very much like a Drake album featuring 21 Savage. Um, I think there's a lot of moments where 21 does shine on this, but it it's it's it just drowned out. Like, I think his hook on Spin About You, I'm pretty sure sounds, and I wouldn't be surprised if Drake wrote this, but it sounds like an early Drake hook mm-hmm. where it's like very singing, like, especially the line where he's like, uh, whatever, whatever. He's like, cause you know, the Savage love you. I'm like, all right, that's, this is, that's like, that's Jimmy on the pen. Like I can hear, I can hear young Drake, like writing that. Um, I think the, there, there's a ton of moments on this song or on this project where Drake really shines. And I think that this is, a, a super super solid Drake album and for me as as like the fan that I am like I'll I'll be playing this like this there's like songs that stick forever you know from from a lot of artists but specifically Drake like I'm still playing like stuff off like so far gone and thank me later all the time like it's like that's in my um that's in my like steady rotation still but there's definitely moments on this project and I, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about the biggest moment on this project, the moment that blew up the most on Circle Loco where he says like, you know, she lied about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. And whether that like Lil Yachty came out and it seems like Lil Yachty kind of like creative directed this project a little bit, which mm-hmm. I don't hate for Drake's career because I think Lil Yachty's really tuned in with the music side of things, but also like the fashion, the art, all of it. And Lil Yachty said that 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 line isn't about Meg. It's 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 about cosmetic surgery. And when you hear it and putting it in the context of the entire album, that makes sense. 
if it was intentional, it's crazy disappointing. It's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't, it's still unnecessary for Drake to try to walk that tightrope. Cause like, I get it. Like, yeah, the word plays there or whatever, but like Drake is way, way, way too smart to know or to, to think that he was just going to be able to skate on that. And things do get convoluted when there's just a random screenshot of a genius lyric going around and that's all people know because that's like for for so many people that's their only they won't hear a single second of this album they will not hear a beat they won't hear a bar they won't hear anything all they know is that screenshot from genius which is the wrong lyric first of all like it's the wrong lyric and people think the genius is like this like ai like whatever like getting every no, word exactly it's correctly it's, it's people it's human, just like very me. much human error it's yeah it's people just like you and me and when an album comes out right when it comes out if you go on and look at the genius lyric you can see the people it'll either say scribing like which means someone's writing it down or you can see where they like have no idea what they're talking about like when i first when i first brought this up i think broke boys i brought it up for broke boys when it was when i my first played through and it was like i'm in love with uh houston dallas office instead of austin and i was like for real like Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, office. All right. All right. Cool. Like, of course, like, you know what I mean? So there is that part of it, but I think there are so many moments on this album in where, where it's just like, and I hate to do this because like, it feels such like such a low hanging fruit, but to be like, yo, you're 36, but it's like, sometimes like it's the truth. And you can look at it and say that future's making this kind of music at an older age. You can look at it and say that like, Kanye made Yeezus at 36 and then he turned around and made Pablo at 39 and both of them have like wild toxic but it's like there is part of me that's like all right this is unnecessary you hear middle of the ocean and even like that bar at Serena or Serena's husband I guess that's more like thought out that's more like he like calculated and that's more like within the rap realm of things and it's not so much like this like super petty super toxic super like it feels like it's targeted to an audience that's like I'm just not a part of like, yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? And like, it, it's targeted to a much in, in like me and you we're only 24, but like, it feels like those bars, certain things are targeted to an audience younger than us. Yeah. Who's still I mean, in this, like, you know what I mean? Like that, like, and granted there's people our age and there's people much older than us who are still in the, in the shit, but like, there's just parts of it where I'm like, ah, uh, like, like, that's just not my, uh, my favorite there's parts of it where, all right like shopping drizzy like we are back like you know what i mean like our like th this is why i'm here but there are other moments where i'm like i don't know about that i don't know about that obs i mean i'm 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 glad that you brought that up i think that to address the i'm very interested to see how or to hear about how much input lil yachty had on this project because when you brought that up and you brought you floated the um the theory that Lil Yachty was more of a creative directive correct creative director here, the album the album cover kind of does seem like something Lil Yachty would pick. Yeah, being well, just like the whole rollout and like yeah. the how they're moving and it's like very much and Yachty like for everyone who rails against Yachty's like like rapping ability, I think he has always understood exactly where he's always had his thumb on the intersection of everything that makes up hip hop. And I think he's incredible at that. Like whether it was like the Nautica stuff when he was first coming up and now like, it's like a much different fashion wave, but he's right there with it. And I think he's helping Drake because Drake for a long time was like, the fists just weren't 
weren't necessarily there. And now they are. And I'm not saying that Yachty's like, you know, styling Drake because like I don't think that's what's happening. But I think I think that having like someone a little younger than you to like who's been around long enough, though, who understands like how things are operating now, it's understanding both sides is really important. And like like a song like Back Outside Boys, like that sounds like a little like you could hear. A lot of the beats too. He has a beat from Filthy. Um, he also has a beat. I think that it might be the same beat from Uji Main, who produced a lot on um, Lil Uzi's Eternal Take. So there's a lot of different younger demographic producers, at least from what I've seen so far, um, that had something to do with this project. I think another reason why I like the project is because of that beat selection, because of that production, because it reminds me of something that Lil Yachty would make or something that Lil Uzi would make or people from that generation would make. Um, additionally, talking about the line on Circo Loco, the immediate line after he says what he says is, she don't even get the joke, but she's smiling. So it's like, you knew Drake. Like you, yeah. like I, I I fully believe Lil Yachty when he says that it wasn't intended to, um, it wasn't attended as a diss towards Meg Thee Stallion. But at the same time, I still fully believe that Drake wrote that line just for a response. And I think that he understood that response or he he predicted the response that he was going to get from it. Um, as we keep talking about songs, Spin About You is the best song here, period. Um, 21 Savage, the 21 Savage verse is amazing. And the thing that really sparked my thought that this kind of felt like early 2010s Drake was the way that uh, Drake kind of comes in after 21 Savage's verse and sings. Um, he had me singing the way you make me feel these days for like days. I'm probably still singing it. It's stuck in my head, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, and also the sample under that percussion, just it just pulls everything together so beautifully. Um, additionally, on, on BS, I love how 21 Savage is like, I jump on your song and make you like make you sound like you the feature and then drake is like i jump on your song and make the label sound like make the label think that they need you that's yeah. true in both in both scenarios that's very oh, true yeah we can we can we can go through a list of artists who drake got on their song and they were the next big thing for two months and then they just disappeared and additionally 21 savage has been on some of these songs 21 savage makes drake seem like the feature to be honest with you so that, there's nothing but truth there. Look there's, alive. Look alive. <laughs> there's nothing but truth there. Um, hours in silence. I wanted more of 21 Savage being melodic on there, but for what we got, I enjoyed it. Aside from the line on Circle Loco, that's probably one of my favorite songs. The beat is just crazy on there. And also the one song I'll say for sure that Drake carries is Pussy and Millions because the flow on the hook is great. Um, and then the way that he ends his verse and passes it off to 21 Savage when he's like, I'm repping 4L with my 20, so treacherous. Let me introduce y'all to the leader. And then 21 Savage just takes over from yeah. there. It's just amazing. Um, additionally, the best run is really from, like the album really starts from Circle Loco and just keeps going until it finishes. At least that's from my perspective, at least. And I guess to close it out a little bit, because this is this is kind of adjacent to what we're talking about. 21 Savage said that he could be the rest of the 2016 XXL freshman list in the verses. Is that true? I mean, it's only one person who can, who could do it with him. Like it's him two. and Uzi are the only two from that. Nah, Kodak could do it too. Kodak could do it too. But I don't, I don't know if Kodak has the, the hits like either. No, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta, 
Kodak, no, but, but he has the, the hits. Songs, think about the songs that go like in those like, and I always come back to the the New York ones like with with Jada Kiss or with the Locks and Dipset. Mm-hmm. Then you had Ja Rule and Fat Joe. Like it's the songs that everyone knows that push the stuff over the edge. And Twenty One and Lil Uzi both have just like an advantage in that department where they have Kodak they, does they, too. No, but not in the Kodak same way. Kodak does too. Not in the <laughs> I, same way. I think I, that in terms of uh like I think running he's, a I think, I think that think 21 Savage of, I think that 21 Savage is the second best rapper from that class. I think that Lil Uzi will beat him. I think that Kodak stands a chance and everyone else loses. That's how I yeah. Think. I think in terms of like controlling a crowd and wooing a crowd, I think Anderson Pack would be unbelievable to watch him just like it'd be like a like a ludicrous situation where he just understands how to how to do it but he doesn't have the he doesn't like have the songs to like compete in that arena especially because he's way more like like uh he's just in a different more pop yeah yeah but like in terms of like understanding how to move people like that would be very fun and i think that he would like i know it's a competition but i think he would be able to have like a ton of fun with those rappers too to be like all right like Cause like by the end they were like they weren't as competitive in the beginning. Like when you had Gucci and Jeezy, it was like, oh, all right, I don't know if this should be on Instagram Live. <laughs> but in, but then by the end you had people like performing together, so like you could get something fun out of that. But get, getting back to this, in terms of actual songs, and I think like and I could go you know give you something from every single one. Rich Flex, I think when I first heard it, I was like, all right, Drake, this is corny, but now I can't get it out of my head. Like the do you think twenty one do you think like I yeah. you know what I mean like yeah in the beginning I was like all right like, I skipped okay. that I skipped that the first time I heard it but then after two listens yeah. I it's one of the songs that are in, that's in my playlist now and yeah. I don't think I can start the album without it to be honest no with you. I love I love back outside boys mm-hmm. um privilege rappers is really good that's like kind of like my favorite Drake where he's talking about other rappers and not so much about like whatever his his life is a degenerate at this point which i think he would admit like he you know what i mean he would like tell you that he's had lines in the he had lines 10 years ago about being a degenerate like ellen degenerate and stuff like that like uh i think spin about you is great hours in silence has like a jaded diamonds dancing vibe at the end but like at this point i don't need four minutes to drake like in his feelings it's like too, that yeah anymore. it's too long it is too like long. diamonds dancing was when he did that on that album and we we got a couple minutes left, but when he did that on that album, like that was that was something. Treacherous Twins might be my favorite song on this project. I know that like some people don't like it, but like I think that's like a I love that. I think that's a song where Twenty One should not have been on it. I think that should have been just a Drake song because like it doesn't. It's just like a different different lane. Broke Boys is to me the best example of Twenty One and Drake working together like of really like working with each other and like uh because you have like 21 is, stars is that the one like, where they alternate with lines in a verse yeah because 21 yeah, starts okay. out yeah, and then drake's yeah, doing the backing yeah. vocals where he's like talking about adidas and he's like i got the stripes but fuck adidas middle of the ocean is the one like for that's the one for the drake stance that's the one for me that's the one for people who went into this being like all right i love 21 savage but if he didn't have a single verse in this album, I still would play it. You know what I mean? Like that, that was the one for the stands. That's the six minute Drake sitting back with the, you know, a drink in his hand, just telling you where he's been, how life was going. And then, I mean, from there, like I honestly kind of stopped the project after middle of the ocean. I wish the 3am on Glenwood by 21 was higher. 
Yeah. I don't I don't love the giving away the, the timestamp record like that. Again, this is like a Drake stand thing. This is like where I'm like, ah, uh, like, man, like, especially after 7 a.m. on Bridal Path wasn't exactly like was didn't live up to 4 p.m. in Calabasas or 5 p.m. 5 a.m. in Toronto or, you know what I mean? Even 6 p.m. in New York. So it's like, I don't know. But I mean, this is where you start to get in the weeds. My my last point, though, is while I really appreciate 21 on this and I think that Drake and 21 have a very interesting very special chemistry for a record called her loss that this is the subject matter. I would have much rather had future. Yeah. I mean, again, I think that 21 Savage, if he was given the space to execute more, to have more, if he was given more space to work essentially. Um, I think that he would have killed it, but he just wasn't. And it's no, it's, this it's is fine. like, and this is like, if I would like to hear a twenty-one project featuring Drake in this similar format, where it's way more twenty-one, and then it's yeah. like, all right, like that's what this should have been. That's exactly that what this should have been. But like, um, the two people, two rappers who create the world together and this specifically very toxic world, like we know, we know yeah. the two who belong together yeah. to do this type of music. Like, there's the I tweeted it like four years ago. There's like a picture of Future. He features like on his phone and Drake's like looking over his shoulder, smiling so big. Like when he's with Boogie Cousins, when he's looking up at Boogie. And I was like, I tweeted out, I was like, this could be like, <laughs> this could be us, but you playing. Like it should always be those two. That's, that's, that was my number one takeaway. I love 21 Savage. I think that like, I think his parts on this album are super important. But when I'm listening to it and like the subject matter, especially, I'm just like, and again, this this is certainly my bias is coming through. FBG OVO 100%. Oh my god. <laughs> um what are your favorite tracks? Uh I'll just do like three of them. Back Outside Boys uh-huh. is definitely one of them. Treacherous Twins, Middle of the Ocean. All right. Um mine are On BS, Spin About You, Circle Loco, Pussy and Millions featuring Travis Scott, um Jumbo Jumbotron shit popping more M's and 3M in Glenwood. So this has been the Cat Podcast, episode 326. Let us know your thoughts on her loss in the comments below. Do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Check out Old Milk on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media. Check out the Old Milk Sense Place on Spotify and YouTube. And check out all the Old Milk content on oldmilk.co. That being said, we are out. Can I, can I ask back. you one more question? Yes, you can ask me one more question. So if you needed to get to one from one place to another okay quickly okay luxuriously yes who would you call to send the jet anyway <laughs> anyway Robert um we, the jet for us. that shit was patriotic we're we will be back next week because rod wave is coming out and i am super excited for that so we will see you then